Good morning and welcome to the ECU Health Headlines program. Glad you have a chance to join us on this morning. Although February is Heart Awareness Month, heart health is a topic we should talk about all year. So today we have as a guest, Dr. John Calanzaro. He's the professor and chief division of cardiology and director of the Heart Institute Service Lab there at ECU Health. And welcome to the program, John. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, glad you had a chance to come in. Before we talk about heart awareness, tell us a little about yourself and your medical background and your work here in Eastern North Carolina. Sure. Um, I've been in Eastern North Carolina for about six months, but I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. So um, did my medical education at SUNY Downstate Medical Center uh, in Brooklyn. Uh, after that, did my internal medicine and cardiovascular training at uh, North Shore University Hospital in Manhasset, what's now known as Northwell uh, which has grown quite a bit, uh, and then subsequently went and did my um, subspecialty, which is electrophysiology or pacemakers, defibrillators, prevention of sudden death, uh, at the Johns Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, from there, moved to Jacksonville, Florida, uh, worked at an inner city hospital, uh, UF Health, which was known as Shands Hospital. And um, after being a program director and a, a trainer for fellows and also um, the, um, the associate medical director there uh, came up to North Carolina and um, found a home here with my 12-year-old son and wife. Okay, well, welcome to North Carolina. And the, and the North Carolina weather, there's a big difference between here and New York. So uh, then again, again, it might be almost the same, I understand. I didn't bring my shovel. You didn't bring a shovel, okay. Uh, you haven't had to use the last few years. That's unusual for us. We used to get at least some snow. Yes, sir. Okay. You haven't had a chance to experience our hurricanes yet either, have you? Uh, no, not yet here. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just hang around. What are we coming for too long? <laughs> okay. Uh, before we talk about heart awareness, let me ask you a basic question. Uh, what is heart health and how serious is having a cardiovascular disease? So the term heart disease is really an umbrella term and it encompasses various conditions, including coronary artery disease. That would be disease that fills the arteries that go around the heart and supply it with oxygen. It also includes heart failure, which includes uh, the pump or the chambers of the heart becoming weak. It could also affect the uh, uh, electrical system, such as arrhythmia. Um, and also people can be born with structural defects in their heart, known as congenital heart disease. So there are many forms of heart disease. And although we're going to talk about heart health in this program, we know that strokes are related too. How is that related to heart cardiovascular health? Yeah, so stroke is very closely related to heart disease. About one in five stroke cases are caused by a clot that actually blocks blood flow to the brain, and that's known as an ischemic stroke. Uh, surprisingly, uh, when people think of heart disease, heart attack is really what comes up. And um, every 40 seconds, someone in the United States actually has a heart attack, and about 805,000 Americans have a heart attack every year. So it's a lot more common and frequent than we think. Uh, we're going to talk about the treatment and, and uh, prevention and all that in just a, a few minutes. But let's begin to talk about some of the risk factors that contribute to heart disease. Sure. So uh, heart disease has many risk factors, that which include high blood pressure or hypertension. That's the major risk factor for heart disease and stroke. Nearly half of all adults in the United States have hypertension or high blood pressure. 
Um, obesity is a significant risk factor as well for heart disease. About 40% of adults and 19% of the youth in the United States are obese. So this is not something that uh, is a um, selective disease. Uh, it does not discriminate. And whether you're young or old, obesity can become or is uh, from a young age to an old age a risk factor for heart disease. Um, diabetes is another a risk factor that increases the risk of heart disease. Uh, among ages 18 and older, around 34 million people have diabetes, which is about 13% of the adult population. And we'll talk about demographic factors in just a moment. I know that's a major um, problem, too, if you see across certain groups. But before we get to that, that let's talk about warning signs and symptoms of uh, heart disease. Talk, tell us about those. So warning signs and symptoms can be different based upon gender. We've noticed that uh, we've actually um, have had differences in the way men or women feel. Um, men typically feel a crushing chest pain, left jaw pain or arm pain, where uh, women can feel a completely different set of symptoms and not be as serious. So what we urge is that um, both men and women start at a primary care physician to establish care. And then from there, uh, routinely uh, follow up on their appointments and start getting their blood pressure checked and establish to see if there are any risk factors present at their first visit. We heard about you know, people having EKGs, and, but what tests are used to determine the presence of heart disease? So the EKG is, is a very common, probably one of the oldest tests that are there, but that's just a snapshot in time. It's actually a six-second snapshot, which shows you the electrical signals of the heart. Um, we also look at blood pressure readings. Uh, in addition to that, there's cholesterol readings. Uh, and cholesterol readings can be something as simple as HDL, uh, which is um, the good cholesterol, and LDL, which is considered the bad cholesterol. But now, uh, nowadays, they have... Um, specialists who actually work uh, called lipidologists, which are um, cholesterol specialists, where you're able to actually go and get panels of your cholesterol uh, and that are separated out and uh, provide a deeper dive into um, which way different uh, good or bad cholesterol is moving in terms of going up or going down. And you're talking about good and bad cholesterol. What impact does cholesterol have on the arteries, the veins, or whatever it may be. What, what impact, um, what, what does it mean? By having high cholesterol, what does that mean? So there's many different types of cholesterol. The, the, the bad cholesterol, the one we focus on, the LDL, um, that is a major determinant of, of a blockage or the amount of plaque that can build up um, in an artery. Sort of, uh, if you think of an artery as, as, um, as a tunnel and you think of traffic as in a tunnel, the more blockages or, or plaque you have in that tunnel, the more likely the blood flow is going to be slower or the traffic is going to be slower in that tunnel. And when we have good cholesterol, such as HDL, that cholesterol actually goes up by doing things like exercise, which can be done to prevent heart disease. And um, that type of cholesterol tends to not be as inflammatory or produce as much inflammation. And that can actually decrease the amount of blockages within the arteries as that number goes up. So we want a lower LDL and a higher LDL, uh, HDL, sorry. And those type of things can be detected, like you mentioned, through tests, right? Through, through a simple blood test. Simple blood test. Uh, we, quite often we hear about stress as a factor. 
Is stress a, a really a factor in heart disease? Stress is a factor in heart disease. It's also unavoidable, but there are things that um, you can do to manage stress. I mean, we people use yoga, um, meditation as well, um, and there's data uh, that shows that um, managing stress can actually decrease heart disease uh, when used uh, in, in a, a regular healthy balance. And I guess some of the stress is job-related, too, so uh, <laughs> that can be a factor, too. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Okay. You mentioned our primary care physician earlier. Let's talk about uh, maybe a family doctor. Tell us again the role that you see that, that that individual may play in helping detect heart disease and manage cholesterol or, or diabetes or whatever it may be. So I think visiting your health care provider regularly, first as for checkups and screenings. So... Um, the first visit is always the most important visit. And then they always say that the second visit is just as important as the first visit because if you don't make the second visit, the first visit doesn't count. Right. And that really goes to early detection. The reason why the, um, there are continued visits is because uh, heart disease is an ongoing process. It's not just a snapshot in time, which means those visits to your primary care physician are times when risk factors, as we mentioned, such as high blood pressure, obesity, diabetes, can actually get worse over time to the point where you need to be referred to a cardiologist. And that's the, the, the primary gatekeeper, is your primary care physician, where once established care, they make an assessment of your risk factors and then based upon your risk factors, then refer you to a cardiologist. And I guess they would refer them to you if there's a, a major problem for you to follow up. And t talk about that process, the referral process from that primary care physician to you, to you receiving that patient and the next steps that's involved in that. Sure. So once the, um, the patient visits the primary care physician, if there's a, a, a need for a referral, the referral would be placed and then the, the patient would then get a call from us, from our patient access center to... Uh, then visit um, a general cardiologist, or depending on the type of uh, heart disease that is seen, uh, it can be a different type of cardiologist. Uh, th there are general cardiologists which maintain cholesterol, um, which also control blood pressure, but then there are also different cardiologists which are proceduralists, and those proceduralists are the ones that actually intervene and if a stent is needed to open up an artery or if um, a pacemaker is needed to provide extra beats for the heart when the heartbeat is too slow and their symptoms those are advanced subspecialists of cardiologists so we always start with the general cardiologist first and then depending on what the general cardiologist deems to be appropriate they can always be escalated to a subspecialist and you mentioned pacemaker how to explain the, the purpose behind uh, installing a pacemaker, and because we hear quite often people having those, and uh, just kind of let our listeners know uh, the, the rationale for installing pacemakers. Sure, I, I think that uh, pacemakers, as I think of it, are, are like the, the telephone wires outside. Um, our heart is, is a big muscle, and, and built within that muscle is specialized tissue that's able to conduct signals that tell the top chamber to beat and then the bottom chamber to beat. As we get older, similar to phone or telephone wires outside, they get frayed. Some of that tissue can become frayed either from elderly age or from ha having a heart attack because when blood 
is not provided to an area of the heart, if some of that specialized conduction tissue is affected, then the heartbeat that is usually maintained will become slower and the patients will develop symptoms. And when that happens, the pacemaker is then warranted. And nowadays, pacemakers have come a long way from uh, devices that need wires to actually leadless pacemakers, which we implant, uh, which are about the size of a nickel. And this is the UC Health program here with Don Catanzano, and we will talk to him about heart disease and heart health awareness. We'll be back in just a moment to continue our conversation. Welcome back, and we're talking with uh, Dr. John Calizano. He's chief of cardiology and director of the Heart Institute Service Line at ECU Health. And we're talking about risk factors, signs, and symptoms of heart disease. And uh, Dr. Calizano, uh, tell us again, what is heart disease and some of the signs and symptoms? So heart disease, uh, at least as a term, is a is a term that encompasses various conditions, including coronary artery disease, um, heart failure, uh, arrhythmia or heart rhythm disorders, and also congenital heart defects. And that's essentially something that um, is a structural defect that patients can be born with. We were talking um, earlier about the patient visits the cardiologist or visits the primary care physician. What can be done after that patient leaves the doctor's office? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, you know, part of leaving the doctor's office as soon as you get home, uh, there are a lot of common things that commonly fall by the wayside. Um, the most common are eating a balanced diet. So when we talk about eating a balanced diet, we want to think of eating plenty of fruits, vegetables, whole grains, uh, lean proteins, and healthy fats. We want We want to limit saturated fats. Uh, we want to limit fried food, try to encourage baked food. Um, we want to also um, limit cholesterol and sodium and also added sugar. Um, exercising regularly, it's um, what I try to do is never take the elevator. I try to use the steps whenever I can um, when I'm in the hospital. That's one thing that I can usually do to increase my exercise subconsciously without having to go to a gym. Of course, if you have access to a gymnasium or some type of exercise facility, by all means, exercise regularly. Maintaining a healthy weight, so becoming overweight or obese can increase your risk of heart disease. So striving for a healthy weight through a combination of balanced diet and that exercise is really important. Smoking is a major risk factor for heart disease, and I'm gonna say it again. Smoking is a major risk factor for heart disease. So if you smoke, please seek help to quit. Avoid exposure to secondhand smoke as well if you can, because both have been uh, associated with risk factors for heart disease. Um, we know that there are holidays and alcohol comes sometimes around the holidays. Um, excessive alcohol consumption can raise blood pressure and that can contribute to heart disease and also stroke. So if you do decide to drink alcohol, please do it in moderation. Uh, for most adults, this means up to one drink a day for women and up to two drinks a day for men. And I'll say that again, up to one drink a day for women and up to two drinks a day for men. M most of all, uh, we wanna get enough sleep as well. We wanna aim for seven to nine hours of quality sleep each night. Just because you're going to sleep doesn't mean you're getting quality sleep. And if you find yourself napping excessively during the day, um, you may want to uh, see your primary care physician 
and look out for something called sleep apnea. A lot of patients can have sleep apnea, which means uh, their sleep is disturbed during the nighttime. So although they are feeling like they're sleeping, they're really not getting the benefits of quality sleep. And that's really manifest by the patients being sleepy and taking frequent naps or even falling asleep driving during the daytime, which can be very dangerous. We want to monitor our blood pressure and cholesterol. If you don't have access to a blood pressure uh, machine, you can always go to a firehouse locally and get your blood pressure checked. Um, in addition, stay hydrated and drink plenty of water to maintain that hydration and, and always try to avoid sugary drinks and drinks with excessive caffeine. Uh, excessive caffeine will increase your blood pressure. And as we mentioned before, blood pressure control is a risk factor uh, if it is uncontrolled for heart disease. How do, the, how do the rates of heart disease here in Eastern North Carolina compare to the rest of the state or maybe the United States as a whole? Yeah, we, have an, we have a higher than, uh, than average um, uh, rate of heart disease here. Um, we have, it's, 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 it's to the point where I think when we say heart disease in uh, Eastern North Carolina, it's significantly higher, not only around the heart, but just having disease in the arteries around the heart means that you may have disease in other blood vessels, such as the legs as well. So just because you have disease in the arteries around your heart does not exclude those arteries that include arteries in your brain, which can develop into a stroke, and or arteries in your legs, which can develop into um, what's called peripheral artery disease as well. And you mentioned a higher than average um, heart disease of, of rates here in this part of the, uh, part of the state. Talk about the importance of having the Heart Institute here. I know, you, I know you're director of the uh, Heart Institute Service Line. Uh, talk about the importance of having it here in Eastern Oklahoma. Sure. So as, as the director of, of, of ECHI, the importance uh, for us is really to provide contemporary management, the newest, the greatest, the best uh, management for patients, but do it in a multidisciplinary approach. So we use our cardiologists and our surgeons and our vascular team all as one. And it's, so we have uh, sort of a team approach, whereas you're not just seeing one physician. You have a team approach to you as a patient. And having that team approach allows shared decision-making. It doesn't mean the doctor just tells you what to do. It means you get to be an active participant in your health care. And I think every patient should always have the opportunity to be an active participant in their health care and not only receive average health care, but have the opportunity to receive state-of-the-art, innovative, contemporary heart care, which we provide here um, at ECHI. Uh, you mentioned earlier about the uh, difference between male and female are there other demographic groups and patterns such as family history that you see who experience higher rates of heart disease? There are patients who um, have genetic predisposition, meaning they're born with uh, higher cholesterol at very young ages. So patients as young as 15 can have elevated cholesterols that can be maybe triple the cholesterol of someone who's 60 or 70 years old. That's why it's so important to establish care from childhood as a pediatrician to a primary care as they get older. And are you seeing them getting younger and younger? Or? Yeah, we, we're, seeing, we're seeing the prevalence or, or the amount of obesity increase, and with that obesity, we're seeing higher cholesterol, which just means more risk factors for heart disease. 
And also, are you seeing by uh, racial groups? Do, do, do certain races have propensity to have higher uh, heart disease than others? Yeah, so the, um, the Af- African-American uh, population tends to have a higher rate of heart disease. In addition, um, Asian Indians also have smaller caliber uh, blood vessels, and they have a higher rate of uh, heart disease as well. So we have to be really sensitive, and I think taking that individualized patient approach with a shared decision-making uh, heart team is what we're proud of and what we do every day at uh, ECU Health. And I know you've touched on this again, but we just want to reemphasize for our listeners. How can an individual prevent or even manage high blood pressure? So the first way to manage high blood pressure is, I always like to say, if you're not seeing it, you're not measuring it. Okay. So there are a couple of tips I like to tell my patients. The first thing is not only to go to the physician to get your blood pressure measured, but go to a local Walgreens or CVS or pharmacy um, and purchase the blood pressure machine. They have automatic machines. And there are some, there are some tips. So make sure that when you get your blood pressure uh, cuff, you have to put your cuff on correctly. Uh, you have to make sure your legs are not crossed because that can falsely elevate your blood pressure. Make sure your arm is elevated to the level of your heart when you are measuring your blood pressure as well because um, if it's not, you can get a falsely elevated high or low blood pressure. Um, and also make sure you don't have to use the restroom. Uh, if you do feel the need to use the restroom while you're taking your blood pressure, you can also have a falsely elevated blood pressure. I know we're talking about blood pressure. How can, and I've you touched on this, but just want to reemphasize this, also, how can heart disease be prevented? Tell us about that again. So once heart disease is established and the diagnosis is made, there's a combination of um, lifestyle management and medications, in- including statin medications, which significantly lower cholesterol. Um, statin medications can lower cholesterol up to 50% uh, very quickly if uh, taken in the right way and, um, and understood uh, about the risk factors. Um, lifestyle modifications are also a key, so you, they kind of work together um, hand in hand to, to do the best you can to not only prevent the progression of heart disease, but also take an active role in preventing it yourself as you go home. Uh, earlier you mentioned uh, pacemakers, you're talking about uh, medications, but what are the treatment options available for heart disease? So the treatment options when the Diseases located in the heart um, range from stenting, which is uh, essentially where a physician will go in through an artery in, in, the, um, in the groin area or the leg area and go into the heart uh, and actually put in a stent which will um, open up the artery. Um, a surgical approach which we're, um, which we're very experienced with, um, which was um, pioneered, pioneered here, is robotic surgery, so we have minimally invasive surgery. So we're now able to do surgeries minimally invasive with a robot that once required an opening the chest, which now can be done through a small incision. We also um, have hybrid procedures available where the cardiologist can go open one artery through the leg and the other one can do it um, using a hybrid approach with the robot as well. So we've come a long way from opening uh, the chest and doing a, a big procedure, which would leave the, hot, the patient in the hospital for weeks, mm-hmm. 
to actually doing a procedure that can leave the patient in the hospital for a day okay. and getting the same result. Yeah. Well, big change in technology. Huh? Yeah. It's, we, we, we strive on innovation, contemporary management, and also the patient experience. Um, before we close, get close to the end of the program, what resources are available for us here in Eastern North Carolina to, to um, address the risks of those who have, may have heart disease? So I, I encourage everyone to see their primary care physician. Ask, ask them for resources. Um, there are local uh, cdc.gov is a website. That's cdc.gov. Um, they have a toolkit where you can actually measure your risk factors, and they give you a percentage, um, and they give you also access to um, resources if you are a smoker to quit smoking or if you need to decrease your stress to, um, to enroll in programs to basically Im- improve the quality of your lifestyle to try to decrease those risk factors as much as possible because heart disease is a progressive disease. It's not a snapshot in time, and this is not something that a patient should do once. They should continue to do it and continue to take care of it as they get older. And what can we do if we suspect a friend or loved one in some way we know uh, maybe having a heart attack? I, I think if there's any suspicion, call 911 um, and, and seek the help of the EMS. Uh, that, that would always be the, the, the first move. Um, if, the, if, if you suspect that there's a strong family history, uh, meaning a, a primary relative such as a mom or dad has had stents or has had bypass surgery, that would mean that your risk would be higher um, depending on the age of your mother or father of how earlier they had it. So if they had it earlier in life, the higher likelihood your risk factor would be of you having it. So that would mean that it would be preferred to get to your primary care doctor sooner and let them know. That way they can get you on the proper track to prevent those risk factors as soon as possible. And uh, Dr. Kajara, um any closing comments as we go uh, I just want to thank you uh, for inviting me here. Um, I, I want to just promote heart disease in terms of prevention as much as possible. We do a lot to intervene on heart disease. We've come up with lots of innovative robotic min- minimally invasive techniques, but it all starts at prevention. So I think, uh, uh, and, and as they say, an ounce of prevention uh, can go uh, a longer way than um, than we think, and it all starts really at the first primary care visit, and the sooner you go, the better, and um, if there is any uh, communication or um, advice needed, we at ECU Health are here for you. I want to thank you again for coming in and talking about this very important topic and you know, this health issue that is facing Eastern North Carolina and in many parts of the country, in fact, uh, heart disease. Our guest today has been Dr. John Catanzaro, Professor and Chief Division of uh, Cardiology and Director of Heart Institute Service Line there at ECU Health. Uh, we've been discussing risks, signs, and treatment for heart disease. Join us next time for the ECU Health Headlines Program. I'm Mark Woodson.